Hi everyone, I'm John and this is Instinctual, a stream of consciousness podcast on spirituality, love, the self, and whatever comes up in my stream of consciousness, I suppose. Today we're going to be talking about emotional values. That is to say, the values that we as a people, as a person, as a society, place on various emotions that come up. Looking around, I think that the most common, the most basic um, emotion that is the de facto king that everyone's chasing, and you notice this uh, at a certain point, I don't know what what age I remembered is going, oh, okay, it's all about happiness. Everyone is going for it. And in the U.S., I mean, it's in our constitution, the light, the... Um, the right to liberty, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm actually going to just stand by. I'm going to Google to make sure that that's a part um, of our Constitution. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Let's just make sure. Uh, it's a well-known phrase. The Declaration of Independence, not the Constitution. Hi, how's it going? I, uh, I did really well in history. Um, anyway, yeah. In the Declaration of Independence, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is a well-known phrase. The pursuit of happiness. And what is happiness? I mean, a lot of people define it differently, but that's kind of probably another different episode. Right now, let's just stick to valuation. And if emotions were like stocks that were valued, I think that happiness would probably be one of the most traded and highest valued emotions there is. Because who doesn't want to be happy? And yet there are many roads to happiness. Um, Money is a really, really popular one, albeit kind of a a hollowed one, almost like a cursed sword in a fantasy novel. Like, oh yeah, there's great power there, but you will be empty um, if you go about it that way. Uh, A lot of other people try and find happiness not within themselves, but outside of them, which, yes, money is one way of doing that, but they'll they'll find it in and through other people. You know, how many relationships between uh, partners that you come across where you clearly see that that separate from each other, they might be lost. And not in the kind of romantic, like, I'd be lost without them, but, but literally lost. They wouldn't know what to do with themselves. And their happiness would be gone because they have um, leveraged or hinged all of their happiness on their partner. They find happiness through their partner rather than independently by being with their partner. What about the other emotions? Um, sadness, joy, pride, uh, fear, anger, rejection. You know, think about fear. Probably one of the lowest, even if it is, especially in these times, a very uh, commonly traded emotion, uh, but it probably has a, a really low value because who wants to be afraid? I mean, like, yeah. What and what? What purpose or what value does fear have? Now, if we spoke to certain scientists and psychologists, they'd be like, "Well, fear is really important." You know, it can keep you safe. If you walk down a dark alley and you're suddenly afraid, maybe you go, all right, I'm afraid of that. I'm going to turn around. Or um, fear can keep you from dangerous situations like jumping out of an airplane or 
um, eating some food that might not be best for you. But fear also can be restrictive. Fear is preventative. Fear can block you. I've jumped up an airplane. It's a very fun experience. You know, I enjoyed it. I'd do it again if it came up. I'm not going to, you know, buy a plane and start a parachute company or get my license to jump out of a plane. But I'm, I'm proud of overcoming that fear, which then has its own thing of, of pride being a highly traded emotion. And, yeah, like, it's all about overcoming fear. There becomes a, a battle. So it's not just about about fear being something low um, in valuation, but also something to conquer and subjugate, you know, make it work for you or just get rid of it altogether. Um, But I think one of the more common things that we do with fear is we avoid it altogether. We avoid it, we suppress it, um, and we avoid situations that will bring that fear up. And that's where I'm kind of trying to take this Recently, I applied for a job that I was, I had mixed feelings about, like half of me really wanted it, um, not just me, but my ego. And then another half was like, well, this this doesn't really work. This isn't what I really want. This is just what I feel like is obtainable to me right now. And so I'm going to go for it. Um, and I got interviewed. The first interview went very well. Um and I was told, okay, we'll, we'll contact you. There'll be a second interview. In rare instances, there isn't a second interview, but like 99% of the time, uh, you will be reached. Like, okay. And uh, a day went by and no word. And already I could start feeling that you know, creeping fear of rejection of not being good enough, of all those emotions with the low values that I don't want to feel. And my knee-jerk reaction, because I'm a good little spiritual boy, and know, I've, you know, learned and and all about the power of unconditional love, right? I I know all that stuff. Um, What I started to do was as soon as those emotions, these low-value emotions came up, I would wash them away with, you know, well, it's fine. Um, what I thought I was doing was, you know, serving myself with love, feeding myself with love. But what I was actually doing was, was I was suppressing and I was in denial, you know, because it would come up, I'm going to be rejected. Like, oh, this isn't good. These are bad signs. Like, what am I going to do? And then I go, it's okay. You know, love yourself, be at peace, be confident. If this isn't the job, if you don't get this job, then it simply wasn't right for you. So why not move on from it? And all of those things are still valid. They're good things to say, and they're honestly true. I choose to believe those things. And at the same time, I wasn't really truly unconditionally loving myself because I was suppressing or stopping or denying a piece of myself. I mean, here's a graphic image for you. You know, these emotions that I don't want to feel, they're in my stomach, and then something happens. I am, I am triggered by the situation. I still haven't heard back from the job. And so they start to come up. And what do I do? Well, I want to stop them. And if there's something in my throat that, you know, or there's something in my esophagus that's coming up or it's going to come out of my mouth, what do you do? You cover your mouth or you grab your throat. You're like, I, you know, cut it out. Stop it. And, uh, I mean, that's a kind of a powerful image, right? You choking yourself to suppress something that you don't want to feel because it's not a valuable emotion. It's not good to feel. Well, Why? I mean, that's the real, that's the first question. Why is sadness 
and fear and rejection, why are these things so low in the value scale? I think the easiest answer is, well, because they don't feel good. It doesn't feel pleasant. Uh, And yet, if you look at the stock market, you know, the, the real actual stock market, part of the reason that uh, certain stocks have values besides the fact of abundancy and um, you know one stock being more more than the other but is is diversity there are many different types of stocks that you can trade either you know one stock for another or for money and that diversity helps if you look at um, organizational bodies whether it be companies or military you know Yes, they have specialized units, but they have specialized units or specialized departments within the whole. And each of those specializations adds to the body. These companies have diversity. So why would we then take a singular approach to ourselves and say, I am going to deny any emotion that isn't happiness. I'm going to deny anything that doesn't feel good. And I want to make myself clear, I'm not saying that you should wallow in self-pity and, you know, sit in sadness forever and choose that. Um, Not at all. But I'm also not going to say, you know, hey, pick yourself up the ground. Pick yourself up off the ground. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Because guess what? If you feel sorry for yourself, honor that. Sure, why not? feel sorry for yourself. I took a bath in self-pity, like uh, literally and figuratively, a nice little salt bath to relax. But, but I sat there and just sat with this feeling of, you know, not victim. I mean, yeah, victimhood, victimhood. Look at that. Look at the denial just, just breathing on me. Um, yeah, victimhood. This is, this is bullshit. Um, why should I be rejected here. I'm a very capable guy. I'm intelligent. I've been told this by others. So forget even if I alone feel this way. It's been verified from outside of me. Uh, and what a tough journey or tough, you know, I mean, it goes on. I don't need to get into all the details. But um, yeah, for a little bit, I felt sorry for myself. And I think it's better and healthier to honor that and say, this is okay, than it is to suppress it. Now, I did have some help from a teacher in bringing me to this realization, but I ask you the same question that was asked of me. If you truly unconditionally love yourself, do you really need to suppress anything? Do you really need to deny anything? If you're suppressing something and denying something, why are you doing it? And what is the harm in feeling an emotion that doesn't necessarily feel good or pleasurable. Now, I, again, I'm going to emphasize the separation between feeling an emotion and obsessing and eternalizing and identifying with that emotion because there are a lot of people who, you know, e- even though sadness or, say, depression, which have like low values on the emotional stock market um they they carry those and maybe they don't value them at the same time they on a subconscious level or through their actions you can see that they do because they they choose or through their choices 
um, they manifest more of this depression. And again, like, let's avoid any blanket statements or cries of, well, what about people with chemical imbalances and, and whatnot? There are many different types of depression, many calls, or uh, excuse me, causes for depression. Um, I'm speaking to some people whom you can make up your own mind on, on where it comes from. Uh, and again, it'll only be your truth. Theirs may be completely different, but some people who self-identify with their depression and it becomes a part of their identity. And then they don't want to let that depression go. They don't want to sell it. They don't want to trade it away. They don't want to swap it out. And that is something entirely separate from honoring yourself in the moment and going, I feel sorry for myself right now. This is upsetting. Or I'm angry and I don't have the patience right now. Um, I remember early on, when I started studying under my spiritual teacher and I would observe her doing certain things that were contrary to the idea that I had in my head of what it means to be spiritual. A good example of this is when I would find her to be impatient. Now you could argue that, you know, maybe she was being patient and I was being impatient and thus projecting that. Um, I would say, no, like if you've met my teacher sometimes, she is mighty impatient. Um, not as often as me, but I'm younger and strong-headed so hey there's my license uh but that's not you know what comes to mind when we think of someone who is spiritual and enlightened and yet someone who is at peace with all of their emotions when they feel grumpy or frustrated they're going to let it come up and they're not going to hold it back they're not going to suppress it they're also not going to stay with it either because that person has total unconditional love and value for all emotions that they experience. They honor whatever emotions come up. They also use their mind to choose what they want to feed within themselves. You know, there's a, an idea, a principle that the emotion follows the thought. Um, think something and you will thus feel it, which is one of the reasons why depression can be such a vicious cycle. You start to feel depressed, so you think you're depressed, so then you feel depressed, you think you're depressed, and so on, as opposed to breaking out of it, realizing that you do have some control, some ability to decide what emotions you want to feel, barring natural reactions to things um, and, uh, you know, physical limitations. But, I mean, we, and you, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you've heard of how little we know about the human brain and its true limitations and its true power. So the next time that you are experiencing something that doesn't feel good, I'm not even going to say negative, we'll just stick with doesn't feel good, like anger, impatience, sadness, or even happiness and contentment, look at how you value it. Look at how you treat it. And... Is it enough to say, well, yeah, sadness doesn't feel as good as happiness, but so what? Um, and you may find that you'll be a bit more free and that emotions will then more freely come and go. And I, I do think that going back to the pursuit of happiness and you know our um, declaration of independence, I think happiness is a natural state. I think most people are in contentment and in, at peace. I also think it's a choice, and I don't think that anything outside of yourself, um, and by that I mean money or material, 
will ever bring you true happiness. Um, that will become, happiness will become a choice, and happiness can definitely be gained through experience, but experience is something that happens that we go through and then internalize. So it, it, we make it a part of ourselves versus you know, a collection of gold coins. Like you could swallow that stuff, but your body's going to reject it. And is it ever really a part of you? So emotional values, take a look at your own. You know, what does your stock market, your emotional stock market look like? And how do you treat the less valued stocks versus um, the more valued? Are you compartmentalizing or does everything have to be go, 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 happy, happy, like on the move, this is amazing? Or can some things be sad and that be okay? Can some things be boring? Can some things be mediocre? Can you live in the um, plethora, the rainbow of emotions and be content with that? And then the question becomes, is contentment happiness so can you be happy while you're sad because you're content being sad or being without emotion another example that i'll give before we wrap up is uh, if you look at a baby uh, and a lot of babies seem to be in like some sort of enlightened state they don't seem to be attached to anything and yet they still experience you know the gambit of emotions happiness love pleasure sadness um you know a baby might get angry or cry um, they're not going to stay that way for long. They're going to let go and move on, barring, of course, a persisting maybe physical ailment or issue. Um, and there's something to be learned from that. There's something to the idea of letting all of your emotions freely come up and experience them, experiencing them and feeling free to express them without the concern of one judgment from yourself because you know no one can really judge you you're the one who judges yourself you just decide you know what when you see that self-judgment off of other people which is why maybe when you know a loved one gives a criticism it cuts a little deeper than say a stranger because what value do you put on the stranger versus the value of that you place on the loved one um but imagine if you knew you could get angry, and I'm sure, I hope, that there are people listening to this podcast who do have people in their lives where they can get angry with them and express frustration, uh, hopefully in a constructive way rather than destructive, but they can express frustration or impatience or have those moments and not be concerned about the ramifications or necessarily the consequences. This isn't to say you aren't responsible for the consequences of your actions, but but you can safely say, yeah, you know what? I'm getting I'm getting frustrated, and that's okay. It's this natural to the situation, and so you experience it. And people don't attach, just like the couple I mentioned earlier, you know, or the example people who find happiness in one another. Um, you know, when frustration occurs, that probably is pretty disruptive. Versus Two people who share their lives, who spend time together, but are free with each other. And thus, when one gets frustrated, the other can, you know, hold space, as the yoga term goes, or, you know, go, hey, you know what, you're frustrated. I don't, I don't feel like dealing with that. I'm going to walk away. Or, oh, you're frustrated? Okay. Doesn't really affect me. Isn't that great? When you have, or when you found someone who has the same values you do when it comes to emotions, viewing all of them as 
valuable. Food for thought. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to this second episode of Instinctual. I hope you enjoyed. Um, one thing I want to point out, uh, kind of separate from this episode, is, and I said it at the beginning, Instinctual is going to be a stream of consciousness podcast. I'm going to do my best to keep the editing to a minimal. You might hear sounds like my stomach, maybe you heard that growling because I haven't eaten lunch or breakfast yet. Uh, and I really want to keep it natural. As such, things, my opinions, my ideas, they may change. You know, I'm really just waxing and musing and trying to pose questions and share my own journey and what I'm learning. So maybe in the next podcast or episode rather, or 10 podcasts down the road, I might do something completely contrary to this one. I don't know. And I realize consistency and like, well, wait, well, then why, what, how can I take anything you say seriously? And, um, to that, I'll say, if it feels right to you, if it feels good, take it. Look at this as a lovely buffet. I don't know if you've ever been to Old Country Buffet, and they have this tray of freshly baked cinnamon rolls. Oh, my God. Um, they're probably probably not the healthiest thing for you. I mean, even cinnamon rolls, but, but also like, well, anyway. Uh, you know, if you want to just eat the cinnamon rolls from this buffet, then go for it. If you want to have all of it, go for it. If you want to leave all of it behind, go for it. Um listen to this podcast as freely as I create it. Um, yeah. So just wanted to say that and maybe I'll remind new listeners, um, in the next episode, but that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope this podcast brings some, you know, help and joy, or maybe it'll bring sadness and that's okay too. Any emotions that will help you on your path since any and all that come up do. And um, I look forward to creating the next episode of Instinctual and for you listening. I'm still working on setting up an email for those of you with questions or comments, but that will hopefully come soon. And for the third and final time, thanks again for listening. My name is John, and this has been Instinctual. You are unconditionally loved, so unconditionally love yourself.